So, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, which is coming from our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 14th of April. It's the Palm Sunday. Our programme this morning is taking a slightly different slant in that I have invited into the studio with me this morning Father Frank Duick, who is going to help me produce the programme this morning. Good morning, good morning, Father Frank. Good morning, John. Thanks a lot for joining me. You're welcome. Just to remind people again, this uh, program is, of course, is broadcast as usual on Sacred Space on West Limit 102 Local Radio at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. of a Sunday and is available for playback and download anywhere in the world on commonseeinspirations.buzzspread.com. So if you actually open up buzzspread.com website, you can search us by by searching Come and See Inspirations and find us there or on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Just to let you know again, our contact details, if you want to contact us with a comment or an email, maybe sometime after the program, maybe Sunday morning or sometime during the week, you can text us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And we thank all those people who indeed have contacted us throughout the time to assure us of their prayers and also how much they're getting from the programme. So indeed, we thank you for that. Now, at this part of the programme this morning, slightly different than normal, and we are going to pray, uh, or actually read the Gospel for Palm Sunday. Now, there's two Gospels. One is a large uh, Gospel, um, which, which is the Passion, That'll be done later on during the programme. We'll speak about that in part three. But at the beginning of Mass on Palm Sunday, there is another Gospel, which is uh, taken from the Gospel of Luke, and I'll read that myself. Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Now when he was near Bethage and Bethany, close by the Mount of Olives, as it is called, he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go off to the village opposite. And as you enter it, you will find a tethered colt, that no one has yet ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you are to say this, the master needs it. The messengers went off and found everything just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owner said, why are you untying that colt? And they answered, the master needs it. So they took the colt to Jesus and thrown their garments over its back They helped Jesus unto it. As he moved off, people spread their cloaks on the road. And now, as he was approaching the downward slope to the Mount of Olives, the whole group of disciples joyfully began to praise God at the top of their voices for all the miracles they had seen. They cried out, Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Master, check your disciples. But he answered, I tell you, if these keep silence, the stones will come out. So that's the gospel that we read at the entrance to Mass on Palm Sunday. Father Frank, have you just got a, maybe just one or two little um, comments you want to make on that for us? Your thoughts? Yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll obviously be coming back today to, to the, this uh, all around that story, you know, when we, when we talk about uh, a Good Friday. And uh, about Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. but um, just maybe one point I would make at the moment. This is uh, Jesus uh, making uh, the long-awaited and I suppose long-feared entry into Jerusalem. He had great difficulty with his disciples trying to get across to them that he was destined to to be put to death 
and that he would rise again. And he had a great struggle trying to get the disciples to try to understand that and to uh, accept it. And you'll remember in the story of the Transfiguration, they went up Mount Tabor mm. to kind of reassure that it, uh, probably at a time when the disciples were very low and finding it very difficult, and they got a glimpse of Jesus in glory, and that gave them the strength to carry on again. So what I'm saying really is the journey to Jerusalem is going on all through Jesus' public ministry. His eye was all the time on Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And now the time has come. Okay, thanks for that, Father Frank. So at this stage we might go for our first bit of music. And there's a piece of music you brought actually with today, I believe, you'd like us to play. That's right, yeah. It's um, the Holy City. Um, The song that people would be very familiar with, and in my opinion a very powerful piece of music and I have a great memory on a few occasions being to the Holy Land and having it played on the bus just as we arrived into the city of Jerusalem from Jericho. Must have been powerful. Very powerful. Frank, thanks for that. Let's, let, let's just in our own minds just try and visualise maybe what Father Frank was experiencing as he came into Jerusalem. As the shadow of a cross 
dream was changed New earth there seemed to be I saw the holy city Beside the crystal sea The light of God was on its streets And the gates, they were open wide That old And no one was denied No need of moon or the stars by night Or the sun to shine by day For it was the new Jerusalem That would not pass away It was the new Jerusalem So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Father Frank Dewey. And in this part of the programme this week, uh, Father Frank's going to lead us through and help us to journey through Holy Week. Father Frank, where would you want to start? Well, I suppose if, if we're dealing with Holy Week, we have to start at the events of Palm Sunday. We've already read the Gospel there of the entrance to Jerusalem, but that is the official beginning of Holy Week, or the Great Week as it is called more by the, the liturgists and the, the theologians. And it's, it recalls for us the entrance of Christ into Jerusalem to complete his task. The Paschal mystery is passion, death and resurrection. He never took his eyes off that. He kept that focus all the time. And um, we, say, we know there in, in, on Palm Sunday, we love Palms blessed and so forth. And where the origin of that is that as he entered Jerusalem, some people took off their cloaks and spread them on the street. But the Gospels also tell us that they cut some greenery. And the greenery there would have been palms and they spread palms on the road in front of him as well. And we continue that tradition by our blessing of palms. And our um, and of course in, in the palms on the uh, mass, we, sell, we read the full passion, the full passion story. Um, people call it uh, the long gospel. Mm-hmm. 
There's mm-hmm. a sense of I wish it were shorter okay. about that, yeah, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the account of the passion of our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ and a very powerful piece of scripture. So that's what Palm Sunday basically is about. And that starts off Holy Week. That's the beginning of the Great Week. Yeah. I'll say so. We continue on then after Sunday then until. Well, the next thing maybe that a lot of people don't think of, although our bishop is reminding us a lot about it this time, uh, is the Chrism Mass. Okay. okay. And the Chrism Mass takes place usually in the cathedral church of every Catholic diocese in the world. Uh, the bishop of that diocese uh, gathers with his priests and with with lay people. Now, our bishop has written a letter. We actually published it in the bulletin last weekend, in, in our bulletins mm-hmm. in our parishes. Um, the letter the bishop sent out inviting people to seriously consider going to the uh, Chrism Mass. And the people that go out there just love it and would have been there before would not miss it. You know, it's a, it is a very powerful liturgy. So there is a big invitation going out from our bishop mm-hmm. uh, for people to come along. And just a practical point that we have, we will have a, a bus, a free bus, going from Newcastle West, leaving at a quarter past six on uh, the Tuesday the 17th. That's okay. next Tuesday, mm-hmm. leaving the car park or the church, but you must ring in and give your name and your telephone number to the parish office. Um, so that's the, what happens the Christmas Mass. The, the oils for all the sacraments, the oils, you know, the, the rite of anointing, using of holy oils, mm-hmm. in four of the seven sacraments, baptism, confirmation, uh, holy orders of priesthood, mm-hmm. and the anointing of the sick. And all the oils that are used throughout the diocese for the, those sacraments are all blessed at the chrism mass and one of the oils is chrism that's where it gets its name and then the, the, the priests bring those back to their parishes and they are used for the various sacraments over the next 12 month period the other thing, significant thing that happens at the chrism mass is that the priests <coughs> renew their commitment to priesthood and people mm. find that a very powerful, very powerful. powerful thing it must be something uh, something very important too, I suppose, for the whole community, including priests, mm-hmm. to gather around their bishop. Oh yes, yeah, mm. you see there, yeah, and I mean, we are, you know, they, I forget now in one of our readings from our breviary, like you know, I forget the exact term, but they basically say, like you know, is that we are a kind of in, in the we are around the bishop in 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 much way that the branches of a tree. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of, that's not the exact no, image no. it just won't come to me now. Mm-mm. But we are very uh, connected yeah. with our bishop. Yeah. Okay, so returning back again so to Holy Week for, the, for those people who might be joining in, I mean, people will be wondering what, what should I be doing and what should I be looking out for and so on and so forth. I suppose one of the things that I might just mention myself is very important. Um, is to listen to the readings at Mass maybe on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it doesn't just happen on Holy Thursday. No, right? not at all. You know what I mean? There all day you have a whole lot of uh, the prophecy of the Passion and readings yeah, of the Old yeah, Testament and, yeah. and readings in the Gospel from St. John and so forth. Um, some of the most beautiful insights that Jesus gave us are read in the Gospels of that day. So the whole week is Holy Week. Wednesday seems to be one that people tend to um, remember quite a bit, uh, and they call it Spy Wednesday. That's right, yeah. There's, uh, yeah they were just uh, focusing on, on uh, Judas, you know, and um, uh, we don't hear it called Spy Wednesday no. as much, I think, recently as it used to, but it just is focused on that particular part of the, the story, yeah. But a very important um, part of the story, too, knowing that, you know, that, that Jesus was actually. Uh, betrayed uh, yes. um, 
and, and obviously Satan was involved with all of that in, 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 in tempting somebody to go off and do that and, and I suppose that's to remind us of ourselves that we can also be tempted oh, yes, we course, deny yeah. our own yeah, yeah. and so forth yeah, yeah. Um, but following on then from um, from Wednesday Holy Thursday beautiful yeah, oh, Holy Thursday, like, beautiful ceremony, you know. Um, they, again, uh, I suppose the two particular things that we commemorate on uh, Holy Thursday are the institution of the Eucharist by Jesus at the, the First Mass, the Last Supper, mm-hmm. and the institution of priesthood. Those are the two things that uh, are central to the uh, Holy Thursday ceremony. So um, the... I was recently um, watching um, the film The Passion of the Christ, you know, the Mel Gibson film. You know, I I watched the DVD a week or two ago again. And uh, and if people get the opportunity over that period to to watch that again, I don't know whether it'll be shown on television or not, but um, it's a very powerful thing. Oh, very, very powerful, you know. And um, an interesting thing about Holy Thursday too, and it's connected with the institution of the priesthood, is that the gospel that we use on Holy Thursday is John's gospel and uh, John's account of what happened at the Last Supper. Now, John doesn't give us an account of the of the Jesus taking the bread and saying, this is my body and the, blood, uh, the wine, mm-hmm. this is my blood. It's not that John dismisses those, of course he doesn't. In fact, John has given us beautiful Eucharistic in the, uh, Discourse in in mm-hmm. chapter six of his gospel, um, but John focuses on a very significant thing that happened when Jesus got up during the the meal that was the last supper, and started washing the disciples' feet, and Peter um, objected. And Peter says, "There's no way you're going to well, you you shouldn't have to do anything like that. No way, you're not washing my feet." And Jesus said, "If I do not wash you, you can have nothing in common with me." And what Jesus is saying there in, to all of us follows the Christ, but in a specific way, saying to priests, your life is a life of service where you serve God's people. And he illustrates that service by the washing of the feet. And what I, what you, what I have done to you, you do to one another, he said. So that's a very powerful gospel, and, uh, but it's, the focus of it is on priesthood. Yeah, most people would maybe be expecting, you know, the institution of the would, Eucharist to be just, the one. Yeah, yeah, they would, but that's the one that happens there every time. That's, um, and the Eucharistic ministers also, they mm-hmm. renew their commitments, and a lovely day for them uh, to do it. And then uh, at the end of the Holy Thursday ceremony, we have the procession to the altar of repose, the... And there, until 10 or 11 o'clock, whatever time mm. is decided in the parish, there's a quiet vigil before the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And then before the church is closed, the Blessed Sacrament is usually taken into the sacristy, to the safe there. And there is nothing in the church. The tabernacle is open. No lights, no nothing. Everything's stripped. The altar cloths are all off. Mm. Beginning to get ready for the, the, the bareness or the, the nakedness of the crucifixion, which are about to celebrate the following day. That's a very profound scene I've often found myself there, you know, with, with the bare altar. Hmm. Just everything so bare that hmm. there's nothing around the church. And, and, and the focus, well, in our own church here in Ada, I mean, we have a large crucifix. Hmm. 
and, and the focus is always is on that, which probably rightly so. No, yes. focus is on oh, yeah. because yeah. that's what you're doing. That's it. You're getting uh, the focus, like you're about to celebrate the death of Christ, and the cross is the central. But going back again to that altar of repose, you know, and and and, and the 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 chance we have maybe to spend that time. Mm-hmm. That's as Jesus spent the time in the garden, wasn't he? he? He was there by himself. Please come and spend some time That's with right. me. Could, could you not watch one hour of me and then later mm-hmm. on when we're going to reflect yeah. on mm-hmm. the, a gospel passage, um, yeah. part of the passion yeah, story in the Exeter Divina, we, we'll, we'll see that. Well, uh, if we possibly can, I mean, uh, we, we are encouraged to spend some time. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, at that particular time. Quiet vigil. Important. You know, it's it's a bit like, you know, uh, people has been at the bedside of of, of a, a relative just dying, you know, yeah. a quiet vigil to be there with them, you know. And we'll come back to that in the gospel, the gospel. a bit as well. Yeah. So, and then through the night, obviously, we know the story. So, it's, yeah. But then, okay, so then we come on then to Good Friday for ourselves. We come to Good Friday, and um, the, what we're celebrating, obviously, is the Lord's Passion. And there's three parts uh, to that ceremony. There's first the Liturgy of the Word, um, which the centre part of that is the reading of the Passion story. The next part is where we venerate the cross. And then the third part is where we celebrate a Holy Communion service. There's no Mass mm. on Good Friday ever. We have a Communion service. And the hosts, <laughs> enough hosts are consecrated on Holy Thursday to have enough for the big crowd that we get on, uh, on Good Friday. And that's a very popular time too, maybe for people to bring families there, because you know people say, oh, "I don't want to bring children there," but it's very important for families to bring their children there. Oh, it is, to you know, it's good to hear what happened. And, and, and well, absolutely, like, and, and you see, people sometimes forget the way children connect with the story, you know, yeah, and yeah. Um, the I think uh, people can underestimate children a bit that way, you know. And we'll have the main celebration of the Passion in every church will be at three o'clock in the afternoon. Other churches will have uh, they'll have stations at the cross mm-hmm. in the evening. Well, sadly, some people are working yes. on Good Friday, yeah. and um, so they will have other seminary stations at the cross. Or uh, in Newcastle West, we've other places too. We have the prayer around the cross, a kind of a modern way of reflecting on the passion that's there in the evening at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock, is yeah, it? Okay. at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and. Um, of course, also in Newcastle West, you have the the way of the cross through the town by done by the the some of the staff and uh, pupils of the Desmond College. Their fifteenth year doing it through the streets, leading into the ceremony mm. in the church, arriving at the church from the St Calvary Cemetery down through the town, arriving at the church at about ten to. I'd also want to re- just remind people who are listening to this program, if you want to listen back to our own various stations of the cross, which we which we played on the program last week, you can. You can get that by logging into our website, www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com, and you can listen back to this day's the Station of the Cross that we played last week. Yeah. But and anyway, so that's, that's Friday. That's Friday. Yeah, no, just made, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Now, it might be pointed out maybe this time you wanted to play a little bit of music. Maybe. Well, yes, you know, I think the cross, it comes in different shapes and sizes to us, you know, and I mean, uh, the old rugged cross, uh, mm-hmm. the song, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, or hymn, whichever you call yeah, it, yeah. A lot of people are familiar with. I think it's worth listening to the words of that hymn, you know, uh, by, is it Noel Henry? Noel Henry. Noel Henry, um, The Old Rugged Cross. This is his recording of that. So I think people should listen. Maybe just listen to that now at this time before we proceed any further. Yes. (laughs) 
On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners were slain So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday For a crown Oh, that old rugged place So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left His glory above To bear it to dark Calvary So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old And exchange it someday for a crown I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday To my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday For a crown And exchange it someday For a crown 
Sooner we just finished off that uh, beautiful piece of music there, uh, just ideal that Father Frank just chose there for us, um, the the old rugged cross by Noel Henry. So, Father Frank, you want to continue on? Maybe say a few little more words. But just maybe different? to complete uh, our reflection on Good Friday after the, the the reading of the Passion, you have a, a whole list of intercessions, kind of a a long uh, prayer of the faithful, and uh, you pray for the church, you pray for the Pope for all orders and decrees of the faithful for catechumens, unity of Christians, the Jewish people, those who do not believe in Christ and so forth. And that's emphasizing that Christ died for all humankind, not for a select race or group of people, that he died for all people. You see, you you, you read there, for example, let us pray also for those who do not believe in Christ. You know, um, Mm -hmm. let us... uh, let us pray also for those who do not acknowledge God. You pray for everybody because Christ died for all humankind. And that's what very much um, brought out uh, in, in that uh, uh, piece. And then you have the veneration of the cross. Now that's done in various ways in some churches. Maybe uh, if there's a small enough crowd that people come up and kiss the cross right during the ceremony. If there's a very large crowd, which you can have in places... A certain number of people come and then the cross is left there for people to come up afterwards. That's a matter for local pastoral councils and priests to mm-hmm. think. But the veneration of the cross is very central to Good Friday. And then we finish with the communion service. And again, as you mentioned earlier on, there are some people, unfortunate, who have to work on Good Friday, but usually in, in, in most churches there's an opportunity to pray the stations of the cross. Right. Uh, in, in, in the evening time that's right yeah. Yeah. in no, Newcastle West as most well, there's one particular one in Newcastle West again just to remind people again that I like myself attending I think that's at 9 o'clock, nine o'clock. Your, your own um, yeah. prayer around the cross isn't yeah, right? yeah. it's a, a modern way of doing modern way. it still gets the message through mm-hmm. ok so I mean so, so that's Good Friday uh, Good Friday at the moment and of course then we will be moving then into into Holy Saturday yes Right, Holy Saturday or Easter Saturday, whichever mm-hmm. uh, you call it. And that begins, uh, it's known as the Easter Vigil, that Holy Saturday, Easter Saturday mm-hmm. n- night uh, ceremony. And it begins with a service of light. Now, it's just a matter of interest. Uh, it's, it cannot begin before dark, before nightfall. And the reason? So the reason is that, like, the darkness stands for the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. the resurrection brings light into a dark world. And okay. that's powerfully illustrated there, you know. And it begins with a service of light, with the lighting the Paschal fire outside the church. And the Paschal candle is lit from the fire. And then the priest comes through the church with the Paschal candle and is through a darkened church. And the only light for a particular part of the priest going up the church is the only light on in that church is the light of the Paschal candle. And then some servers and ministers take light with tapers and they, they light their tapers and the priest goes on and takes the next section of the day. Uh, and uh, then the, the last, then all the lights are put on in the church and uh, so light has completely conquered darkness. In the same way as light drives away darkness, Christ got rid of the power of death by rising from the dead and that's what we're celebrating. And I assume by us all... 
uh, in the congregation receiving that light, we are also receiving that light of the resurrection as well. Absolutely, yeah. And, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. and uh, the symbolism is very powerful, you know, if we, if, yeah. we, if we take the time to to reflect on it, you know. And um, and then when they get up to the top, then someone from the choir sings the beautiful resurrection hymn, the exultus, yeah. you know, rejoicing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the resurrection. A very powerful piece, you know, usually get a very good singer uh, to sing that and uh, it's it's one of the nicest things in our Easter liturgy. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the first section then, the service of light and the exalted. And then the next section is uh, the liturgy of the word. And um, now there's a, there are seven readings altogether from the Old Testament mm-hmm. that can be read, um, but no church would be doing the seven at least no parish church would mm-hmm. um, but I, one of the lovely memories I have from the time I spent in Maynooth was the Easter vigil in the college chapel in Maynooth which would begin at 11 o'clock at night and finish at maybe about a quarter past one and uh, they had all the readings all the seven Old Testament readings mm-hmm. before you had the New mm-hmm. Testament mm-hmm. and the Gospel mm-hmm. and um, and you might think it had two and a quarter hours like, but a lot of lay people came into it as well and it was just, it was mm. beautiful, you know. You were going nowhere, you were in, you came, you knew it was going to be a few hours, mm. you came and you stayed the full thing and you kind of listened to the, the whole story, starting with Genesis, the account of creation, then yeah. on to Abraham, our father in faith, and into Exodus, the passage in the, through the Red Sea, and then some of the passages in the prophets about the new Jerusalem, and then the, the prophet Baruch about God as the fountain of wisdom, and then Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. The whole story. But, but as usual, with, with church readings and church liturgy, like there's a reason behind all these readings. Oh, as is. you said, it's starting from the beginning. And it's right, it's yeah. building up to... Oh, yeah. But if you're going to be looking at your watch, then don't, don't no. you know, forget it. It's, um, but if you, and the people that used to come to that in Manuel, I'm sure it happens in a place like Glenstall Abbey. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the same, I haven't been there, but I'm sure it does. And uh, the people know it's going to be long and they come in that right frame of mind and it's a wonderful, wonderful lift. And then, of course, including the Gloria and, and the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. All the bells Fantastic. and the hallelujahs. Okay, yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. Next section uh, has to do with baptism. It's great if there's a child for baptism, mm-hmm. the most ideal night in the whole year to, to be baptised. Sometimes you can have a, get a baby, sometimes not. Um, and it's the, the parishes that have a baby for a christening on that night are the lucky ones. And uh, But if there isn't a, a baptism of a child, then there is the blessing of the water and the renewal of the baptismal promises. And um, the priest goes through the church and the people light their candles again and another service of light, again emphasizing the resurrection. Lots of hallelujahs in the hymns and so forth. And then after that renewal of the baptism promises and the prayers of the faithful, then the, the mass goes ahead then, uh, as usual, with, of course, beautiful singing and hallelujah, singing Fantastic. and rejoicing yes. resurrections. Yes. And mass is the same. And that, uh, then we're into Easter Sunday morning. So, so it's a full week. It's mm. important um, maybe to take part as much as possible. Yeah. Um, trying to follow the story. Yes, because sometimes we kind of, as you have to say to us, election domain, we think we know it all. Yes. It's very important to go through every step again. Mm-hmm. So at this stage now, we might just go for a, a, a break. 
and then come back again in part two, in part three as usual, and we'll read and reflect on the gospel for today. So join us again in part three. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keely, still joined in studio here in Come and See Studio by Father Frank Dewey. Now, as, as usual, at this part of the program, we the most important part of the program that we ever do here on Sacred Space is when we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, there's a prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture, and I'll pray that this morning. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. Send your Spirit to us, so that receiving the Word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your Word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wonder, but may give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we'll invite Father Frank to read the Gospel passage for us this morning that we're going to use. Thanks, Father Frank. And John, as uh, I've explained to you, obviously the Gospel for today, Palm Sunday, is uh, the full Passion. So all we've done here is just pick out a section from the Passion story and reflect a bit on that. Uh, Then Jesus came with them to a small estate called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Stay here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, and sadness came over him and great distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful to the point of death. Wait here and keep awake with me. And going on a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. Nevertheless, let it be as you, not I, would have it. He came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you had not the strength to keep awake with me one hour. You should be awake and praying not to be put to the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass by without my drinking it, your will be done. And he came again back and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so heavy Leaving them there, he went away again and prayed for the third time, repeating the same words. Then he came back to the disciples and said to them, You can sleep on now and take your rest. Now the hour has come when the Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. My betrayer is already close at hand. He was still speaking when Judas, one of the twelve, appeared, and with him a large number of men armed with swords and clubs, sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the traitor had arranged a sign with them. He had said, The one I kiss, he is the man. 
take him in charge. So he went straight up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, My friend, do what you are here for. Then they came forward, seized Jesus and took him in charge. At that, one of the followers of Jesus grasped his sword and drew it. He struck out at the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. Jesus then said, Put your sword back, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father who would promptly send more than twelve legions of angels to my defence? But then, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that say this is the way it must be? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Philip, Philip Frank, for, for reading that passage there for us this morning, this morning which centres around the agony in the garden. So, Father Frank, you might offer us a few thoughts there to take away with us, please. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the passion story. There's so much can be said about it. You know, a few bits uh, by way of background and that. Like, you know, he came to a small estate called Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, you've been to the Holy Land, John, um, Gethsemane is there at the foot of the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane is right beside the Church of All Nations Mm -hmm. which is built around the rock that tradition says Jesus knelt at during his agony and and then just beside the church you have an entrance to a garden and written up over it in Latin Hortus Gethsemane um, the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, and this so, and it's be- the, the the foot of the Mount of Olives, and it's the foot of the Mount of Olives between that and the old city of Jerusalem is what's called the Kedron Valley, and people who have been to the Holy Land will remember that um, were very well. Uh, the Jerome commentary, the most prestigious commentary on the Gospels, he says this is one of the most remembered scenes in the Gospels. And it has been pointed out that the witnesses, according to their own testimony, slept through it and they must therefore have reconstructed the incident. It's an interesting little insight because when Jesus came back each time, they were asleep and they became the witnesses. But obviously what happened is they they woke, obviously, when Jesus came back and revealed Mm -hmm. his pain to them Mm -hmm. and asked them for further prayer. And um, they... uh, then they obviously reconstructed the incident after that, the bits they slept through. Um, and this this passage shows us that Jesus was under severe emotional strain. There's a danger, we will think, that Jesus being God and man, yeah. that he couldn't feel the pain and the hurt. He was under severe strain, comparable to nothing else in the whole gospel story. And this once in his life, he was seeking the help of others. We need to hear that. We sometimes don't recognise that. Mm. We think, as you say, God is God and he can't... Yeah, that's it, you see. There's always the danger that we kind of say, oh, well, he didn't, yeah. he didn't really suffer, you know. And I mean, that is to completely miss out on this. I think there are a number of things there about that passage, John, that uh, are interesting. Clearly, Jesus needs their help. 
And there's a little phrase that he said, My soul is sorrowful to the point of death. Wait here and keep awake with me. Please don't fall asleep. Keep awake with me. He needed them with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, about uh, people gathered around uh, a dying relative. Yeah. I'm always reminded of this piece of scripture when I go into a nursing home or a hospital or a family home where somebody is dying and you see the family there and they're carrying out what Jesus looked for there for himself. Wait here and keep awake with me. Keep watch with me. And people do that even though the person might be gone fully unconscious. Yes. And I, it always reminds me of this and I think it's a very beautiful thing to do and people should not underestimate yeah. the value beautiful. of that. And then, you you know, he says, you know, he tries to get out of it. Father, yeah, if yeah. it be possible, let this cup, he means the cup of his suffering, pass me by. Any chance I can get out of it, Father? And he recovers way? quickly. He said, nevertheless, let it be as you, not I, would have it. Your will be done. And of course, the last line there, John, of what we read, and he said, you know, when... When when the, when the soldier, when the, one of his followers, we are told, cut the ear off of one of the soldiers. We know from one of the other Gospels that that was Peter. He's not named in this Gospel, but one of the other versions, they name him. And it also names the, the soldier whose ear he cut off. His name was Malchus. They're named in one of the other Gospels. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is, Jesus said, this is not the way, the way of violence, the way of getting revenge on what they're doing to people that are doing this to me. That is not the way, he said. He said, if I wanted help from God, he could send 12 legions of angels mm, to protect mm, I remember me. remember that one, yeah. Mm, yeah, and he mm. says, but then he said, how would the scripture be fulfilled? This is the mystery, that this was also the will of God. If God didn't want Jesus to be, to be crucified, to be put to death, he wouldn't have allowed it happen. It was also the will of God. So the strange irony and the twist is that the people, the Roman soldiers and the people that were hostile to Jesus that had him put to death, you could say they were playing into the hands of God's plan. But is that something, Father Frank, you know, that that we would often do, that we would often say, Father, if this cup cannot pass without me drinking it, I mean, if if there's any chance at all now, will will I let this pass me by? But your will be done. That's right. You know, that lovely saying that the people in the past had especially, blessed be the will of God. Blessed be God's holy will. When something, when some illness or a death maybe comes and they say, blessed be the holy will of God. Again, you don't hear it as much nowadays. But those kind of little phrases that the people used, they were taken from Scripture. They mightn't have known they were taken from Scripture. But they're a very important memory for us, a thing for us to store in our memory because they are going right to the heart of the meaning of the gospel and the meaning of the uh, the passion maybe right, maybe right at the end you know that you know that last little sentence that the scriptures will be fulfilled and our scripture the the, the 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 plan that god has for our life has to be fulfilled which includes yes and very often it's fulfilled through something that we want to totally reject yeah yeah, the, the the followers of Jesus they didn't want Jesus crucified. No, no. They wanted to reject this, but God has a strange habit of turning disaster, pain, tragedy yeah. into something good. You know, 
and uh, and you know we we appreciate that too, John, because how often do you hear somebody saying when they look back on a very difficult period they went through in their lives, or a suffering or a death, and they said, you know, it was terrible, and I thought I'd never get through it, but when I look back now, it is the best thing that yes, ever happened yes. to me. What they are experiencing from their own experience mm-hmm. is that God has used this tragedy, mm-hmm. this suffering, this pain, this disaster, mm-hmm. and he has turned it to good. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and people grasp that themselves from their experience. What's coming to me now is as we're reflecting on this, you know, and you often say it at Lecture Divina, yeah. Lecture Divina, when we're reading the Sunday Gospel, it's always really about our story, really. If we... If we if we get into the story, oh, yeah. it's part of our story. Yeah, we just all, mentioned it there. Yeah. We're all there. It, 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 it is our story. Like, mm. you know, and okay, we won't be uh, unlikely to be taken down to the end of our village and crucified mm-hmm. on a cross, mm-hmm. but we will have the cross in one form or another, or we will be asked to carry the cross and mm. carry, help somebody else carry their cross. Mm. We may not come across very severe crosses in our own lives, mm. Mm. but we are called to be Simon of Serena, as I was reading only today, somewhere in, I think it was in one of the religious magazines that came in the post this morning, mm-hmm. and I saw on the cover of it, and I saw Pope Francis talking to young people recently in Rome, and he said, we need a lot of young Simon of Serena's. Yeah. He's a great way of putting it. We need a lot of young Simon of Serena's, you know, young people that will help the less able people and mm-hmm. recognize that what they're going through, you know, maybe old age or yeah. half crippled or whatever it may be, and that we must be Simon of Serena's for them, you know. Yeah. Just for the last few minutes, we've got about four or five minutes left, maybe you want to just... Maybe four minutes left, I think. If we get a few more thoughts, you might want to throw to us. That's what to take away. I think, you know, um, Jesus, when, when he spoke there, it's just, uh, I meant to say it earlier, when, when Jesus said uh, to the disciples to stay awake and keep watch with me, mm-hmm. he said, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We know all about mm-hmm. that, John. Mm-hmm. You, know. We, you know, the spirit is willing in our heart of hearts. We want to serve Jesus. We want to do our best for him, mm. but the weakness of what we call the other side of our lives, the flesh, you know, pulls us down um, mm. all the time. And when Jesus became incarnate, uh, it said the word became flesh. It's an interesting way of saying Jesus became human. The word became flesh. Mm-hmm. The word took on our human condition. The scriptures tell us that Jesus was a man like us in all things but sin. As God as well, he couldn't sin. And uh, so Jesus took on our condition. And we see it here more in the agony in the garden than at any other time of his life. That we see the humanity of Jesus because he is struggling. He's really struggling. He Mm -hmm. said, lads, don't let me down. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he must have been very disheartened when he came across and found him asleep. Like, you know, but he didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't get cross. He was disheartened, no doubt. He didn't get cross. He didn't give out to them like, you know. And there's a little bit of hurt in what he says. You can sleep mm-hmm. on now. The hour has come, you know. Um, so uh, Jesus entered our human condition. And we should never be afraid of our weakness. Um, the reason the father asked Jesus, his son, to do such a drastic thing as to die on the cross for us 
was to rescue us from our own weakness, from our own sinfulness. Not to rescue us from the evil of the world around us, but to rescue us from the potential that is within us to sin, to fail and to give in to the flesh, as we put it, um, rather than follow the way of the Spirit. And for you and I, John, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And whoever is listening, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And... Well, what I'd like you to do is, is maybe just comment on something uh, just before we finish off the program now, and you kind of have touched on it there now. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And quite often there might be people out there saying, well, listen, I don't deserve, I don't deserve Jesus' love now. I mean, Jesus is there and, uh, and he's died for me. And you just mentioned at the end, sometimes you'll know, come across and see people's failings and I'll forgive them. We had it a few weeks ago with the particle son and so on and so forth. Just maybe a word now to people, uh, Father Frank, this week, Holy Week. I haven't been to confession for a long time. Yes. You know? They hear in these words that Jesus loves you. He loves you the bits that Father, Father yes. you know, Liston would say, you know, yeah, yeah. to us, you know. Um, a word of encouragement to say not to be afraid to go back to that sacrament of reconciliation maybe this week. No, I understand. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I'm nearly 50 as a priest and I um, and one of the things that saddens me is the way is so many people have turned away from uh, the sacrament of penance, you know, confession as we call it. Mm-hmm. And the sac- the most beautiful sacrament, the sacrament of God's forgiveness. And um, if, you know, I think if people had a full appreciation of how incredibly merciful and forgiving God is, then they would come back that. So I think what, and that's what Pope Francis has been doing through his pontificate. He has been forever talking about the mercy of God. And we had the year of mercy, you'll remember, a few years ago. So I think that the, what we need is not so much a greater appreciation of our sinfulness. I think that will come. But yeah. firstly, a greater appreciation of the mercy of God yes. and how incredibly merciful he is. I think if we grasp that, we will want to come and be forgiven. Well, anyway, to finish off the programme, thank you very much indeed, Father Frank, mm-hmm. for, for joining me today to help us to, to start up this, uh, this journey of, of Holy Week, which we've done many a time before. Hopefully there's a few pointers that, that Father Frank has, has given us to take away with us. Um, just one final little piece of music maybe to play out. Uh, there was a few options that I had, but one that I've decided to play, it's a bit of Holy Week music. It's by Thomas Louis de Victoria. It, it's a nice bit of gentle little bit of music. Might enable us maybe to reflect on some of the thoughts that Father Frank has left us to journey with this Holy Week. So we invite you to join us again uh, next Sunday for Easter Sunday, where Marta, Martina Lahan Sheehan will be joining us to give us again a few more reflections. So until next week, for myself, Father Frank, God bless you all now. Bye.